top. Sure you want the rest of it? Hello listeners, welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute. This is John here with our audio commentary for Sudden Impact, Dirty Harry 4. Uh, This episode we were very lucky to be guested again by Walt Murray of the Wild Ride podcast. Please check it out for all your Gene Wilder needs and uh, say hello to Walt and Alan. Great podcast and great, great blokes too. Also joining us this time was our good friend Dave Allen of No Fixed Podcast. Uh, He was the author of some of the fan fiction that you heard last year. So thanks for joining us again, Dave. Um, If anyone wants to start Scarface Minute, please give him a shout shout out. So that's about it. Next month we'll turn our minds to the final Dirty Harry installment, The Deadpool. Uh, so make sure to tune into that as well. Some instructions for this audio commentary. We'll be using the standard US Blu-ray version, uh, which I think well, goes for 1 hour, 57 minutes and 9 seconds. 1 hour, 57 minutes and 9 seconds. So at the end of this, you'll hear me counting down 3, 2, 1 at which point you can press play on your Blu-ray or your computer file. So get ready. Enjoy. Three, two, one. Hello, I'm John. I'm Walt. And I'm David. And we've got a Warner Brothers logo. Looks like Wilson Parking, doesn't it, Dave? Wilson Parking? Sounds familiar. <laughs> so yeah, we have now drum machine and sort of a proto Seinfeld bass playing. I noticed that. I noticed that, yeah, the Seinfeld thing was funny. I thought it was really 80s. I felt like they were trying to beat you over the head that it's the 80s. I don't <laughs> think they were, but it kind of feels that way. Pat Hingle. Some good aerial shots. Yeah, I like the shots of San Francisco here. Yeah. That ship looks very nicely lit up with fairy lights. I wonder if that's a restaurant or something. Oh, I thought that was a bridge. (laughs) I did too, but you're right. I think that is a boat. Oh. Now, this is going to be a pretty long intro. And the music's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of 80s garbage music. (laughs) Albert Popwell. Uh, Albert Popwell. My favorite actor in the movie, other than Clint Eastwood. Amen. Okay. He coined the famous word jamf, jive ass mother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There's Coit Tower. Okay. It's looked like it looks like they've undercranked some of this footage, do you think? Or maybe some of it looks The what? 
like maybe delayed it, you know, maybe, maybe lengthened it, cranked it. It's the expression, isn't it? Like I looks, oh maybe not this bit. The bit before looked like it was at slow speed. Oh okay. That American flag looks like Lego, like a Lego flag. <laughs> it does. It looks kind of fake. Yeah, the moon landing, yeah. Edward Carfungo. That's a good yeah. Carfungo. Bruce Surtees, he's back. He did the photography for the first movie that we love so much. Okay. Fritz Mains. That guy did a lot of stuff. Really? He did. Oh, based on characters. Fink. Fink and Fink, yeah. You know, R.M. Fink is one of the writers. That's a lady. And I was wondering if she used her initials so that people wouldn't know that she was female. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just like Harry Potter, right? The G, what's her oh, name? Oh, yeah, yes. right. J.K. Rowling. Is that why? I believe so. I believe it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she has a middle name. The K is just like made up. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. There's a car. What's happening in this car, Dave? Is it abandoned? Is it about to blow up? No, let's find out. <laughs> you got to wonder this early in the morning, you know. On, on a nice overlook like this, man, it couldn't yeah. be anything, uh, you know. Untoward. Untoward. Yeah, a huge big car like that, plenty of room. What's going on? A bit confused. That was the great thing about those cars in the 70s and 80s, man. Yeah. A lot of room. Just a couple of kids necking, it looks like. That's what I'm thinking. Now, the shot here of Sondra Locke, spoiler, her eyes, always reminds me a bit of Andy Robinson's eyes in the Kizar Stadium, where he sees, you know, Harry jumping over the fence, coming to get him. I wonder if that was a nod to that or not. Interesting. Now, guys, from time to time, I'm going to interrupt with uh, bits from the novelization. Oh, okay. In the in the book, the guy offers Sandra. Uh, sorry, this character. She he offers her a snot of uh, apricot brandy that he has under the seat. Ooh. And this hot. There's this whole weird thing where he's singing Beatles songs. It's quite creepy, actually. He's like, I've got a feeling, and just lay back and let it be. And ugh, sounds like a and real horrible man. Cuckoo, cuckoo, yeah. Yeah, no wonder she shot him. Ooh. If people started offering me brandy, apricot brandy, and Beatles songs, I'd shoot them too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's a law you can do that in San Francisco. <laughs> under the, under those certain circumstances, yeah, yeah, <laughs> has to be apricot brandy <laughs> and Beatles songs in the back of a big seventies American car. And it's illegal, <laughs> yeah. Constitutional amendment. Yeah, it was the eighties. There were some weird laws on the books. Yeah, things got strange. Some great mist there rolling in through the bay. Oh yeah, something Ooh, we yeah something we associate with film noir. Look at the camera. Break the fourth wall. Thank you. Yeah, it pretty much is, isn't it? thought that was a bit cheesy. Does Sandra Locke look a bit like Michael Jackson to you guys? Like a white... Anyway. I can almost kind of see it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. The eyes. The kind of crazy eyes. And here we are in a brightly lit courtroom. One of the first times, ironically, we actually see a court in the Dirty Harry movies. 
Yeah. Oh, very true. Novelization. Callahan hated court appearances and always <laughs> cut them close. Yeah. You'll see clocks a few times in this scene. I don't know if it's a bit of subtext that, you know, justice takes time or justice can oh. be delayed or if I'm just reading too much into it. Well, I also think that there's a little bit of um, Harry is on his own time. Oh, right. I think I think Walt once makes a bit more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all the clothes and hair in this scene are 1980s to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> she knows. I mean, this this courtroom is responsible for global warming because <laughs> of all the hair product that was used. Right. Except that bald guy. Yeah, he's good. It's the same old story. Well, no evidence. He looks like, is it Michael Ironside? Is that the guy's name? The guy that looks like Jack Nicholson? Oh. Great. Great Clint stare there. What? What? She's very smug. I thought. She's. I mean, she's supposed. Yep. They call her a prissy knee-jerk judge who pictured herself as the model for the statute of the lady with the blindfold and the scales. Ah, oh, nice. Yep. Definitely see that. What they're going for. Well, she really gives it to the DA here, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm kind of surprised he brought a case like this if he actually had zero evidence, like she's saying it. Yeah, well, he's constantly always surprised. Look at that terrible collar on that jacket. Harry should have shot him just for that. Yeah. In the book, it's different. This guy's called a 23-year-old little Caesar. Quote. The youth had cold cream the swastikas and lightning bolts off his cheeks and removed his safety pin earrings. <laughs> oh, that's a bit different. What a ruffian. Yeah. What a knave, yeah. Psychic dick. And in the book, he's also brave enough to do a line of cocaine in the hallway while he's leaving the, uh, the court. <laughs> <laughs> or stupid, yeah. Brave or stupid, huh? Quote, Harry was no narc. He'd nail the bastards, but not for sneaking some goddamn nose candy. Oh, hang on. This is, and uh, that's Cameron Mannheim. She's in this scene, isn't she? I've read that. I don't yep, know who that is. is, but he's from... Oh, he's she was a... in the practice. Well, you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And yeah. obviously the direction to her was, do not have any expression no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, she's just got... She's kind of like, yeah, cool. <laughs> right. Clint just farted. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love this. I hope Harry was is having that, Is farting in an elevator cruel and unusual punishment, perhaps? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Not in this situation. Not when he's yeah. just done cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the deal with the guy in the beret? I, has anybody yeah, ever weird. worn a beret like that? I don't know. It's kind of like a Che Guevara black power thing, but he's about 15, 20 years too late. And he's white. Yeah. Mm. Many questions that that need to be answered. This was filmed in China Basin, and we just saw the same 
drawbridge uh, as shown in the Enforcer. And I think Harry's got the same brown car. Well, I love how Harry pulls up, pulls right into the front parking place. Car's barely even in the parking place, but he's good. He plays by his own rules. That is true. In the novel, he doesn't get a newspaper, but he's reading an article, I think, in a book or something about preventive dentistry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like this absolute fuck-off trivia I'm telling you now? (laughs) I thought that was great. I do. Does he bust out someone's teeth? Is that the joke? Yeah. It could be. I don't know. Loretta is in uh, The Gauntlet and Pink Cadillac and The Rookie. Some other Clint Eastwood movies he brought Ooh, it back for. Pink Cadillac. There's one that bombed. Yeah, it's terrible. I love the cars that are out on the street. That I, I just want to say that I don't have sugar in my coffee, and I nearly vomited during that scene when she pours all that coffee in. I'm the <laughs> same way. I, I have to have yeah. mine black, and I just – I would have done the exact same thing he did. Yeah. I don't know. Like, can you actually put that much sugar in the cup? I literally don't know. <laughs> Strange things are afoot at the Acorn Cafe. Well, he became yeah. diabetic just from that scene. Yeah, I know. Now, apparently um, Sunny from Magnum Force is supposed to be in this cafe, the Japanese-American lady, but I can't see her anywhere. I don't see her. I don't know what you're so, talking about. So how many of... people does it take to rob this place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Could a pighead sucker? That's um, interesting. Uh, Walt, are you pissed off that Harry's cheated on his hot dog, uh, Jaffe? Shouldn't he be getting a hot dog? I I am, except that he now has like five bad guys pinned into a a shooting gallery here. So I'll give him a pass on that. (laughs) Why didn't Harry notice? Why was, you know, is he losing his, his, his edge? He didn't notice them until Loretta had to do the he had his coffee no in the morning. Right. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, that's true. But uh, like this this robbery crew, you got a guy with a 38, you got a guy with a 12 gauge pump shotgun. <laughs> like I know, it, are they taking out a diner or robbing Fort Knox for crying out loud? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like this is the crew that oh. should have robbed that bank. Yeah. Yeah, they might have got away with it. I just it. saw it. I just saw an Asian lady in... Is that Sally? I think they're reaching... No, I don't think so. It's a bit of a reach, yeah. Oh, French's mustard. That French's mustard. death scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my mustard of choice. Oh, we get that here. Yeah, I know. I I didn't think... I thought it was Australian. (laughs) Once again, many people were thinking, uh, oh, does it have to be black American, African-American bank robbers again? But, of course, in the Enforcer, it was just some Italians, so. I wonder if they made it today, what would happen. I remember thinking that. That is a good question. They would not be black. Or the whole crew would not be black. You might have No, I was just thinking, yeah, they would mix it up a bit, I think. He'd have one guy in a beret. (laughs) Well, Dave, when he said Smith and Wesson and me, did you... Did yeah. you think any gay sexual innuendo? Harry's involved with a guy called Smith and Wesson. <laughs> so you did read my fan fiction, yes. <laughs> that, that's funny. And I actually, I actually own that same, well, a similar model uh, to that gun. Really? Yep, just bought it this year. It's great. 
but it kicks like a cannon. Yeah. Oh, you sent me a photo of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Now, guys, it's pretty unique that we've got a, such a famous catchphrase, go ahead, make my day. Probably the most famous catchphrase from the whole series introduced in the fourth the fourth movie. That, I reckon to this day that's pretty unique. You know what I mean? That actually it's the fourth it one in the series that generates one of the most famous lines. Well, and I think the other one is, do you feel lucky, punk? Punk, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I reckon this maybe has the edge over it a bit because at least people can quote it without fucking it up. Um, but yeah, for the fourth movie, <laughs> it's like, do you expect anything? Do you expect anything profound in in Friday the Thirteenth Four or Rocky Four? You know, mm, I don't know. No, you don't. And you already kind of do have that one catchphrase. So uh, to have a, a kind of a one-upsman, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, to have two. Yeah. This is one of my favorite, uh, I won't say scenes, but this is one of my favorite discussions that he has because he looks at the lady and says, do you know the the number for the, uh, for the hospital? And she says, yes. He says, well, you need to call him and tell him that there are two guys. <laughs> it goes through the description of what he's about to do to those two guys. Oh, that guy looks like Paul Simon. The guy that looked him walk past it. <laughs> he did. Which, oh, I missed that. Now, what is Thelchris? It's a very Thelchris. Sounds like a. It's a bit ethnically ambiguous. Is it supposed to be Italian or Greek? It Thelchris? doesn't sound Italian to me. It, does, it doesn't end in a vowel. So, you know, I don't know what it is. It sounds like a bad guy from like a vampire novel or something. Now, I this, like it though. this guy was in Godfather 2, I'm told. Is that right? I don't know who he played. I don't he know looks, that. He well. looks like he was in Godfather 2. MV Gazzo. He looks he looks familiar. I've been trying to think. And I rewatched Godfather a couple of months ago. Godfather two. Maybe. Um, he plays the bad guy, like the bad mafia guy in Last Action Hero. You know the guy with the English accent oh. like kills the bad the bad mafia guy? And he's also in that f- this film pops up a lot called The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Have you heard of that <laughs> one? Yeah. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh? Yeah, so many- I remember that. So many of these Dirty Harry actors, it's like the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon. A lot of these actors have been in that movie, so I'm keen to check it out. And wasn't John Cleese in that? Maybe, I don't know. Not the fish called Wanda. No idea. What's the fish that saved saved, uh, Pittsburgh? What the heck is that? Just a movie, a B-grade movie. Just to let you know how much of an impression it left on me, I cannot remember hardly anything about it other than seeing it and thinking, Dear God, what did I just see? But, but is it action? Is it comedy? I've done no further research. Oh, you haven't seen it, John? No, I just, I know a lot of these actors are in it from many of these okay. movies. Well, it starred Jonathan Winters and Julius Irving, also known oh, the, as Dr. Ba- J. Dr. J, the basketballer. Okay. Yes. Uh, Metal Arc Lemon is also in it. Um Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So a lot of basketballers. That's always a good sign. <laughs> An actor whose name is James Bond the Third. Guys, we're and being distracted. Michael the first two were busy. Yeah, and then Michael V. v- Gazzo was in it. Okay. Played Felchris, who's just died because Dirty Harry can kill people with just words. Just words and blank pieces of paper. 
It reminds me of um, Training Day, where he uses a Chinese restaurant menu as his no-knock warrant. That's what <laughs> I think of, if you've seen that. Maybe Thelchris just wanted to get out of the... Thelchris wanted to get out of the... Paying the bill like Freddy the Fainter in the Enforcer. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, 38 caliber vasectomy, Walt. What a line. Great line. And then the the cop eating a hot dog at the scene. Oh, he yes. looks like the guy from Becca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looks like him, hey. Um, Walt, he actually played Freddy the Fainter in the Enforcer. You know the guy at the start of the movie who faints to try and get out of paying oh. the bill? Yeah, 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 yeah. So somehow, magically, he's become a cop now, anyway. He got over his fainting problem. <laughs> well, Eastwood got- keeps a very tight circle of of character actors who work for him. Yeah, but he got addicted to hot dogs. It's kind of, yeah. And it happens. Is this part of the sort of the comic relief? Is this the first comic relief we have here? Seems to be. Yeah. Well, Harry's just uh, condensing, you know, his problems with the system. He's just a oh, bad... Oh, it's kind of catch-up exposition, so they've got to take Why, the edge off. He's a band-aid only for society's ills. Nobody puts catch-up. Yeah. yeah. I do. I think yeah, this, I guy, this guy really thought exactly. Harry was going to open up to him. But tomato sauce, bit of French mustard, some onions, cheese, you're good. We can clearly see the brand of, of glasses in this... Blu-ray edition gargoyles is what Harry's wearing. I keep looking to see if you can see Alcatraz in the background. No, it's the oh. wrong part of the bay. Actually, it's out in the Pacific here now, isn't it? Have you been to Alcatraz, either of you? I have. I have, not. I have yeah, twice okay. in fact. Really? Oh. Walt, you saw the rock and you got a bit scared. You didn't want to get taken hostage. So. <laughs> Actually, I saw Escape from Alcatraz, and that was enough to scare me. Okay, right. I just thought you didn't want your life in the hands of uh, Nicolas Cage. Well, that's a good point. (laughs) Now, this this, this gallery owner, I know we're not listening to it with sound on, but she has a bit of a foreign lisp. Well, she has a lisp or a foreign accent. Yeah, I couldn't quite work it out. Uh, The thing is, she looks... She looks exactly like the sort of person that would own a gallery. Yeah, I thought that too. But Jennifer looks like the complete opposite person of someone you'd expect to be a painter. Especially a dark painter like that. Yeah. This is what I talked about before. It just looks like a corporate lawyer or, I don't know, business. Yeah, because she is definitely in a professional suit there. Yeah. I've you know, never she, seen an artist like that in my life. Not that I know that much about the art world. Paint-covered overalls or something is what I would the yeah. picture an artist in. Oh, Alcatraz, I think. Oh, no, maybe Angel Island you could just see in the background. Oh, that bit about the ketchup apparently was put in to... People think that was Harry actually shot in the first movie in the bank robbery? What was that? Oh. Was the blood on his trousers actually his blood or just the catch-up that had fallen there. So people put that in as a nod to the first movie, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is an interesting scene. She's definitely, we're definitely being told that she's uh, no-nonsense kind of thing. No-nonsense, kind of hates bullies and has a problem with men. And also for the racial thing, they looked Hispanic to me. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but they look like 
yeah, Mexican or Puerto Rican or something. We have Bradford Dillman here back, although he's not playing McKay anymore. He's playing Briggs, which is the name of the deceased Hal Holbrook character in Magnum Force. So I don't know if that's a fuck up. Briggs and Mortar, yeah. (laughs) See, these scenes are just so ridiculous now. They've been such parodied that they're almost, you can't watch them properly the first time, if you know what I mean. They've destroyed months of surveillance. Why are they so surprised? Like, they've had 12 years of Harry (laughs) since the first movie. Surely he's... He doesn't come off as a maverick anymore. They know what they're in for. And and they're throwing these looks around the room at each other like, oh, he'll never figure out that I have this disdain for him. Yeah. Harry Gardino was going to come back for some reason, but he didn't, so they had to rework it to uh, Lieutenant Donnelly. Well, Popwell came back, didn't he? Mm Mm-hmm, yep. So... I thought that was kind of a bit cheesy, that bit, yeah. In your own mind. Yeah, that I love that line, you're a legend in your own mind. We get it, you get results. The guy on the right of the screen is Lieutenant Donnelly. He'll also come back in the Deadpool. Played by Michael Curry. He was in Firefox as the submarine commander at the end and also in Any Which Way You Can. I would have preferred Heard of Harry Gardino come back. Those. <laughs> You're suspending me? Vacation. That great American word. You don't really say holiday. Holiday only means the actual event, doesn't it, Walt, in America? Right. Like Christmas yeah. holiday. Yeah. Yeah, or the President's Day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we just, like, we don't see vacation. We just, we just say time off, don't we, John? Yes. Or the word holiday is actually where you go on your holiday and what the yeah. event the event is. Vacation we only know from America really. Or you know, yeah, no, say... when you're a tenant, notice to vacate, to like legally leave a property, give up possession. Oh yeah, yeah. we we say that too. But vacation is the trip you take to get away. Yeah. We just say holiday. So why didn't Madonna sing Vacation instead of holiday. <laughs> I don't know. The Go Go's had already stolen that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they had vacation. All we ever wanted was that. Was that uh, Belinda Carlisle's first band? Yep, it was. Was yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, as any any boy growing up in my time, uh, all of us had a real okay. thing for her. <laughs> oh, okay. That's here the summer rain, yeah. We are now in the community hospital slash men- mental sanitarium. Oh, very sad tone here. We can tell already. What What is she going to... Her, her eyes are so something. I don't know. Dead? Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I, I'm not talking about the sister, but well, both of them, I suppose. Yeah. Well, her of, even more, it, it's almost like the description from Jaws of, you know, like doll's eyes, you know. Yeah. Do you think they dyed her hair blonde to contrast with her black eyes? Oh, maybe. That's what I noticed. Like, there's such a sharp contrast because her eyes are so, you know. Did you notice the Raggedy Ann in the background? Green? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Why would you bring your sister that? Like, an infantile gift? 
She still it remembers her a, daughter. A... She still remembers her sister innocently before she was corrupted by the horrible events. Or is that a bit of a weird choice to bring a? I don't know. I don't think so. It could just be like a treasured toy that she has since forever. Oh, so just right. kept it there. I don't. Some continuity. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Something to comfort her while she's in the hospital. Holy crap! She hasn't blinked the whole time. Oh no. Take that back. <laughs> Every once in a while she'll blink, but not not often. Yeah. Coming up at the end, we'll see she cries. Do you think that's she has some understanding? You know, notwithstanding she's catatonic of what her sister is saying and the implications, or is it just a? Uh, I mean, it looks good cinematically. I forget when she cries right at the end. Um, her sister. No, I, mean. I think it's just. I think it's to kind of give them their victory. So she does yeah. get a recognition. I, I think oh, it's like my, my sister loves me enough that she's doing this. <laughs> Castrating scumbags, yeah. Hey, every family shows love differently. Yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about love, love languages on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my love language is that you just vigilante justice the hell out of some people. Yeah, that's it. I'm trying to see if I can find what color her eyes really are. What, you think she got contacts or something? (laughs) When I first saw this movie now, I think the tears are going to come. Yeah. I thought she was going to turn around. Bright eyes, yeah. (laughs) More night shots. Yeah, they do love the night shots. Did he just kiss someone? Did he just yes, kiss that he did. What's up with that? Yeah, I can't figure that out. <laughs> Lipstick on and my collar. And you can collar. see he's even like, yeah, like wiping it off of his mm. lip. It's weird. Is that some ambiguity that they've left in? I actually didn't see that to just then. I previous viewings just thought <laughs> she was locking up. No, it looks like there's something there. <laughs> I love how he's not troubled and he just like yanks out his gun. It's like, you know, just a thing that he does. Yeah. Just, and then he, he dives into this car and these guys just plow through that thing with a machine gun and they yeah. don't even hit him. Yeah, they're very bad shots. I love the greens in this movie. A lot of greens that pop up. Really? Are you quite generally pleased with the cinematography, Walton, so far in the movie? Yeah, um, this is just a good 1980s movie. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is a little different from something you see later, where all the cameras seem stationary in this movie, and they're not following them on foot or anything like that. So it's you don't get all that crazy wobble that you get in some movies later. Where'd he go? Bit of out-of-focus shots here, some. Is that deliberate, do you think, or...? Nah, just Clint likes to shoot fast, I think. Just occasionally. See how it's out-of-focus around the edges? Could have pulled that Shoots a bit from the hip. <laughs> the, the funny thing is these guys are all bunched together. They don't yeah. even look behind the garbage can. 
you think they should be spread out or something? Yes, absolutely. Make them less of a target. Yep, make it harder to yeah, get it. all three of them. You know what's great yeah. about you know what's great about nighttime scenes, Dave? Do tell. Very cheap because you have an excuse not to have extras around. You know, like pedestrians and things. Oh. <gasps> oh, I was thinking something to do with the lighting and you fix it in post or something. But really. Well, obviously, it's more you have to give more thought to lighting, don't you? But less thought to other obstacles like traffic and and uh, yeah, particularly when there's a lot of on, oh, on location. That's fascinating. I did not know. Yeah, right. When this movie came out, one unhelpful critic said he's Dirty Harry, a man with no cartilage. Like the way he runs, <laughs> he runs pretty poorly. Like he's never really committing oh. to a run. <laughs> Because he made no cartilage he, in his legs, like he's, like he's worn it all away. He's done too much action in the in in his forties and the seventies and the gauntlet and all that, and he's just doesn't sort of run very well, making it look like he's running fast. How old was he when this filmed? Fifty-two or three. It's a good question. Oh wow! Okay, makes me feel better. Now, they're forcing him to have a vacation. That happens in Hot Fuzz as well, doesn't it, Walt, from memory? They force the uh, Simon Pegg to go on vacation. Yeah, I think so. Nick Angel, yeah. Who made you judge Judy an executioner? (laughs) (laughs) Probably my favourite line. Does Donnelly look like a poor man's Gene Hackman to you guys? He does, but he, he definitely looks like a bureaucrat. When, when in the novel, when Harry's put on vacation, he's really, he's really embarrassed. He sleeps in, and um, yeah, he just hang, he doesn't know what to do with himself. So he goes to the deli to buy himself some mozzarella, some Italian bread, <laughs> as you do. But hang on, it wasn't his fault. They went after him. That's right. What? It doesn't really actually make much sense. This used to confuse me. I always thought this scene was when he went to San Pablo later on. Because, like, whereabouts in San Francisco is he? Is he in San Francisco? Just some random park. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Where you just set up and fire your 44 <laughs> Magnum. Yeah, it's, it's called Magnum Park, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, kids. It's, yeah. There's the gun range right there. I thought this was really cheesy. I thought so too. This is so cheap. So they got the bad guy from the first movie, and duh, 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 duh. he's creeping up. He's on in him. all the movies. Oh no, he's his friend. He's in all the movies, but What's the that? last one playing different characters. Albert Pop uh, Popwell's in all the movies except the last one playing different characters. Oh, okay, so it's kind of like a running joke almost. Yep. I thought it was pretty cheap. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, I don't know if it's a running joke, but it's um, yeah. I mean, like he played Mustafa. And then the unnamed guy that got shot in front of the bank. The um, yes. Do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah. Now, any friend of Harry's would know you probably shouldn't sneak up on him when he's in the moment, right? Right. Yeah. It, it, rule of thumb at the gun range. Don't surprise yeah, yeah. anybody. Surprise is not your friend at the gun range. No, one would think. You just or at a public park. instinct. 
or yeah. a public park. Especially not Magnum Park. You don't want to do that at Magnum Park. <laughs> There's a sign. Don't sneak up on people. <laughs> In the novel, the automag is a gift um, from a, a husband who was grateful that he'd, he'd saved, uh, Harry had saved his wife as a hostage um, and the husband happened to be a master gunsmith. So as a present, he gave him the automag, which apparently was the only gift he ever accepted. Uh, okay. Well, do you want some pretty hardcore gun nerd real quick? Yeah, please. Yes. So that gun was... So that gun was um, originally sold for $220. And it costs more than that to make. You can now, that the company's kind of made a comeback. I guess it's like the children of the original guys. And they sell for almost $4,000. The bolt inside to throw the cartridge out when it fires and bring the next one up into the chamber is basically the same type of bolt that you use in an AR-15 or an M16 because the gases are so powerful that are blowing through there that you have to have that kind of strength. When it was originally released, it had a bunch of problems, like it was overpowered, and so it would cause jams, magazines would break, um, and you couldn't find the right, couldn't find good ammo for it. And it was really like an average person couldn't shoot it, and you could not shoot it one-handed without hurting yourself. So... This would not, like, half of what you're seeing here is literally impossible at this time. <laughs> but <laughs> that is a collector's item. There were only about, it was, I think it was less than a thousand originally produced. And this gun tanked that company. And why were they sold out. for less than the price? Because, because they, they'll try to get rid of them. Yeah, well, the, the guy who invented it was like, this needs to be in everybody's hands, so let's make it affordable. And they were like, wait, <laughs> it's not affordable to make, so we can't, we can't sell it for that. So he fired all the people who told him that. So, so he's just some crazy old inventor, I guess, who didn't understand how business and money work. You certainly know, you certainly know a lot about the gun, um, Walt. All I knew was that... Um... He said 300 grain cartridge, whereas there's no such thing. It's all just bullets, I think. Is that right? <laughs> he calls it a cartridge. A 300 grain bullet. cartridge would probably be used for, like, bringing down a moose. I mean, that's a <laughs> big, big round. I wonder what mine are. I have to look and see what the average 44 Magnum carries. I feel like you should do a special episode where Walt talks about guns in the movies and like goes through each one or something or some of them, like a bonus episode. I, I could probably do that. John? No, I'm not interested in guns. I'm interested in, <laughs> Har in Harry. No, that's a no. That's oh, a no that was so telling. She says, um, I specialize in making old, oh, yes. ugly things right again. Exactly yes. what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, bit of foreshadowing, you reckon? Oh, yeah. Or dark shadowing, because I think we're about to go to the first uncomfortable rape scene. Um, Look at the intensity in her, her face. I know. She's like a doll or something. Michael Jackson. Yeah. 
I can see the Michael Jackson thing. It's it kind of yeah. Here's some fun facts. Do you want to know some fun yep. facts? Yes. About guns? Yes. No, about carousels. It's the 1911 Loof Carousel. Uh, in 1987, the U.S. Park Service declared the ornate merry-go-round a national historical landmark, along with the Boardworks Boardwalk's 1924 Giant Dipper roller coaster. So, important stuff. Would you want to get on a historical landmark? Like... <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the many shared themes this movie has with High Plains Drifter, uh, which was Clint Eastwood's second directorial effort, uh, Dave, is it's a revenge movie with yep. haunting flashbacks. Um, uh, okay. I think High Plains Drifter, it's like two or three times, but in those flashbacks, it's always showing you different different parts of how the the town reacted to the beating up of the sheriff. Whereas I'm not sure here if each flashback as it's told, we, we get to learn anything different. And what a lot of people said was a bit, make it a bit pulpy and a bit gratuitous. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah, does that make it a bit gratuitous? I think this shot sort of sets up all the, all the uh, victims we're going to see in the future. And it's certainly very uncomfortable to watch this the first time, let alone the others. I even have a hard time calling them victims. Right. Yeah. Call them perpetrators, I guess. The perpetrators, yeah. I kind of. Either of you seen The Accused with Jodie Foster? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, another rape movie. I don't know when, 70s or 80s? Yeah. Um, yeah, probably late 70s, early 80s. Well, the thing with this is, like, I don't condone vigilantism, but if they get what's coming to them, God bless them. Yeah. At least in the movie. What do you say? Very good dark colours, though, the cinematography, Bruce, Bruce Surtees. I know a lot of 80s movies that are very horrible uh, night scenes. This one would have had to have been a very difficult one to shoot. What's with the sort of the interspersed or the the carnival? Is there something in that or the carnival footage? Or is it just simply they're at the carnival? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just, you know, hey, here's what's going on around them, and then, you know, like yeah. normal life, and then this is what's happening to them. Yeah. Do you think they had to have had the flashback actually there? I think so. Okay. Do you? I'm just curious. Just because location will later be used, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, presumably flashback. In the novelization, does she go there? Yes, she does, yeah. I kind of take it as, like, that is her making the decision. As she relives it, it's like, I'm going to go kill these people. Oh, 
yeah. Because she explained to her sister, she just happened to cross that one guy. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost like now she the the decision is made, the switch got thrown, these guys are gonna die. And I was wondering if they addressed that at all in the novelization. No, I think that part of the character arc, it happens the same as the movie. Just that chance encounter. Um, but then again, how lucky for her that uh, San Pablo needs, the historical society needs the carousel to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's very fortuitous. Yeah. Dave, is this your favorite Molotov cocktail? Is this your favorite cocktail scene? Molotov cocktail scene? Uh, sure, why not? I can't. <laughs> There's got to be another Molotov cocktail scene, but you put put me on the put me on the spot. Wasn't there one in the Warriors? Oh, maybe. Or maybe if you count um, Raiders of the Lost Ark in the Mongolian. Uh, oh yeah, is that a Molotov cocktail? No, or is it just she uses? Oh, she just pours alcohol and. Oh, that's it. it yeah, up, right? nothing blows up. So he's got to be the only guy in the world who would drive a burning car and then grab the Molotov cocktail out of it (laughs) and give them a taste of their own medicine. In the drink. Well, I guess he doesn't have to worry about them getting kicked by the judge this time. (laughs) No. I guess this is the whole new board game that uh, Lieutenant was telling him about. <laughs> now, guys, pay, pay pay a good attention. Behind behind them both, there's actually a helicopter place, and conveniently, we're about to get a helicopter shot, concluding this scene. Once again, that word fortuitous <laughs> that you mentioned before, Walt. Maybe they chose this location because there happened to be a helicopter. I think it's called heli... Come on, camera, turn around. Helicopter's entrance, see that? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very convenient. Uh, we'll film it here. We don't have to pay much gas. <laughs> Notice that 80s jacket he's got on? Yeah. Is that a members yeah. only? Yeah. People seem to die turning up dead. I think we're about to get the movie's other catchphrase, swell, soon. Uh. And there's also coming up a very cheap re- 80s reworking of the original Harry's theme as we... Oh, really? Get to our helicopter shot. Yeah, you know the... Not as good as the Seinfeld intro, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the movie's ended now. <laughs> yeah. Lalo recut some of his motifs in a very 80s synth horrible way. Ugh. Oh, California, is it? No doubt like about it. Yeah, and I was trying to tell if that was on a boat or if that was on a building. I think it was a building, but could it be sure? It 
See, it seems like that when they pull back, you, you hope that the love boat is docked right there. <laughs> well, this the scene, love boat. I hope that scene was going to turn into The Shining where Harry's um, becoming a oh, security yeah. guard. <laughs> Harry looks pretty... Clint looks pretty sexy there, Dave, doesn't he? I think so. He's got the jacket. He's got his boxy 80s car. He's got the shades. I think he's got it down pat. Yeah, he's got the Dale Earnhardt shades on. They're not gargoyle? <laughs> so in my life, in my entire life, I have never driven up on a bank robbery. Never? He he comes up on them all the time. <laughs> well, you've never worked in 70s, 80s San Francisco. So, <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe bank got just... robbed on every corner every day. Well, pretty much. <laughs> See, it seems to be quite a common occurrence. Is that the running without cartilage, John? <laughs> yep. It looks like he's, he looks like he's running after Pap Schmier from um, Naked Gun. That is exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> Pap Schmier? And I love how he just plows over people. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is Carmel or Monterey or Santa Cruz or somewhere like that, but I'd love to visit those parts between L.A. and San Fran one day. Yeah, Clint was actually the mayor of Carmel for a while. Yes. Oh, I knew he was the mayor of somewhere. Is that where it was? Yep, Carmel, California. That's right. Oh, comedy bit. Yeah. yeah, here we go. This is like playing Grand Theft Auto or something. It's like, you know. <laughs> right. You, t- you, take, you take the bus to get the dude who takes the cop bike. It's kind of... <laughs> What's the retirement age in the U.S., Walt? Is it 60 or 65 now? What would it have been in 83? Oh, retirement age. Yeah, probably uh, mid-60s up. Shag his ass. Yeah, shag his ass means, oh, no. means fuck his ass, Walt, in uh, non-American Eng- English. <laughs> shag yeah, his ass. Yeah, it something different over here. Yeah. I don't know that that was really a saying here. So I, I, I was like, <laughs> is that guy English and what exactly is he saying? Is he being chased by Austin Powers? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the I love the yeah. one guy says nail son of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so Harry's only about you know seven years away from retirement on the force as well. So that's why he's driving yeah. the retirement. Get used to it. You'll be in there soon, Harry. Oh, Sandra Locke, how coincidence. Very rare here. We actually have him talking about reading rights. <laughs> he almost did it in the enforcer, almost did it to the preacher, but Yeah. yeah best damn day trip. <laughs> Look at these people. This is the most fun they've ever had. Pat Hingle. I'm not a big Batman fan, but I know to many people he's near and dear because of the because of the um Tim Burton ones, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Batman and Batman and Robin, right? This guy was in. He's also in Hang High. Ton of stuff, yeah. He is like the character actor of character actors. That this guy, <laughs> I hadn't seen him before. Well, he doesn't recognize him. I thought it was somebody else, but no. Well, he has um, 
I looked at it earlier. I want to say it's like 170 credits. No, he has 200 credits on IMDb. Dude, wow. Dude. We're about to have a cinematic debut, guys. Oh, this was weird, yeah. Booted. Just what Harry needs, a big fat dog. In the novel, he's not called Meathead, he's called Piss Face. And Harry feeds Piss Face hamburgers. Piss Face. <laughs> Why did he call him Piss Face? I don't know. Do you reckon it's better than Meathead? <laughs> no. I was just thinking I'm going to name my next dog Meathead. Yeah, or Meatball. I think that's what Adam Sandler called his dog. Don't ask how I know that. Yeah. Yeah, and that was also the dog in the TV show uh, Black Sheep Squadron. Have you heard of that, John? No. Okay. A uh, great old show. Um, you should YouTube it. It's really good. What is it? Uh, World War Two. Yeah, it's about the squadron that Pappy Boyington led in World War Two. Clint and Sondra Locke named one of their parrots, their bird, one of their parrots Meathead after the uh, the movie. Really? Okay. And IMDb tells us to make notice that the Meathead somehow changes gender every few shots. <laughs> if you care to look really? under the undercarriage, yeah. Oh, really? This scene was totally awkward and it doesn't work. Like, they're uh, just walking and she, what, runs into the dog, but the dog's okay? I don't that know. is a bit of succulence, is it? Is that all grass or succulence? <laughs> all I know is that Michael Jackson wants his leather jacket back. <laughs> <laughs> So does this soften Clint uh, Harry's image? He's like, he's got a dog now. Oh, so cute. Yeah, maybe a little. T- takes takes a sharp quarter off. Yeah. Yeah, it makes him a little more normal. Yeah. But his relationship with the dog is exactly what you would think it would be. That he kind of isn't thrilled. The dog farts at him. <laughs> um, you know they. He he, kind of likes him, but doesn't want to act like he likes him. Yeah. I thought the dog fighting was hilarious. It just felt so puerile and juvenile. It was just... It was really great. Odd. It was perfect. It, it was kind of needed, yeah. Bit of levity. And what fart hasn't been funny? Yeah, what fart <laughs> is not funny? Come on, yeah. Yeah, they give him the desk that nobody uses. It isn't really a desk. It's like what's his name, little bitch in basketball. Basketball. <laughs> He's given his bed the dog. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. Now this is one of the best ever dive bars portrayed in any movie, Walt. I think. Yeah, it is, and I've been in quite a few like this. And, and Harry they... doesn't have. Yeah, Harry doesn't have They've the best trained. lines. The the woman who's about to be introduced. What's her name? Ray Perkins, or otherwise known, unhelpfully, uh, is the Dyke. She has these great lines. <laughs> the Dyke. Good luck getting that made today. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. John, this reminded me of Cherry Bar a little bit. I think just the red light <laughs> or something. 
That's what I was thinking, that cherry bar. This is a bar in a laneway in Melbourne, um, very famous, used to be quite a good hangout. Um, oh, it's on, a, is it, it's ACD Lane, or it used to right. be. That's right. Yeah. And I think they had to get special permission to put the side in? Yes. Yeah. Cherry bar. I think one of the Gallagher bar boys wanted to buy it or something at one point. This is really well filmed, I think. Oh, probably. Well, also, does anyone find it interesting he's drinking beer? He does that in most of the movies. Beer, he's a cop of the people, you know. He doesn't drink scotch or anything. Oh, I thought it'd be having something a bit heavier. But okay, yeah, he's a bit more blue collar. Yeah, he, he he's kind of guy, if he wasn't out chasing bad guys, he'd be bowling. He'd be doing some other blue collar thing. Mechanic or something, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> She was only 33 at the time. I think people what? aged a lot more then. She was 33? Mm-hmm. Audrey wow. ne- Neenan, I think. I actually know someone that looks like her. So, only with humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks her, but kicks her <laughs> in the ass. Uh-oh. Now, is she really supposed to be a lesbian? Well, no, she's just made a pass at him. That, well, that's what I was going to say. And then later on, she's got a boyfriend, but they call her the dyke. Yeah. <laughs> she's all over the place, but I think she's great. I think she's one of the best, quote, villains since Andy Robinson, really. Really? I mean, she she's more interesting than any one of those ciphers in The Enforcer, right? Yeah. And she's better than the oh, other rapists the other in this movie as well. You definitely want to see her get justice. Particularly as she's a woman that's, in, you know, protecting her little baby rapist sons. You know, that's, she's a betrayer yeah. of the feminist. She, yeah, especially Odie. When she even said, do you like what I brought you? Yeah. Like, she set them up for this. Do you think they'd have that scene today where he, like, kicks a woman in the butt? No. No, I don't think so either. I don't think no, so. No, Maybe no. Maybe this one, but no. Do we need so many private moments of Sondra here? They'll be peppered. A lot of these short, short scenes are peppered up. I suppose they help transition between scenes. Otherwise, she'd just be killing. <laughs> yeah. I still think she got as much screen time as she did because of her relationship with Clint. Yeah. You mean it's like double fantasy? It's like double fantasy, half uh, Lennon songs, and the only reason Yoko got her other half. Was because John Lennon was uh, it was his album. Green. I should say it's like double impact with Van Damme. So I'm going to ask before, 
are the books canon or you consider the movies canon or how does that work? I consider the novelizations expanded universe. I just relate them here to give some, some color. <laughs> okay. This is Natural Bridges State Beach at Santa Cruz, actually. Okay, looks nice. Now, in the actual novel, he's got a girlies mag and he's actually masturbating. So, I don't know if that was ever oh. in the shooting script, but they decided to not go that way here. <laughs> Good. Good. Good decision. Does that look like you can catch any fish there? Come on. No. And look how far he is from the actual water. I like how he's got, like, Zorba the Greek hat on. That's cool. <laughs> this guy also appears in Escape from Alcatraz. Yes, Any which does. way you... Yeah, I think he's one of the main guys who escapes, isn't it? From memory? Don't know. Uh, he's also in Any Which Way You Can, City Heat, and that famous movie, Action Jackson. Yeah, oh. he, he's got a good bad guy look. I reckon with a bit of fake beard, he could have even been scrubbed up as a as a Mexican in one of the Dollars movies. That's Cigarillo. It looks a bit like Gary Cole. Oh, not so much now. (laughs) I should have known this. Audrey Neenan was in See No Evil, Hear No Evil with Richard Pryor. And... Oh! Yes, is she the photographer that takes the photo of them when they come in and she's confused because she's telling them to smile? She is actually the maid at the hotel who I I believe throws uh, Richard Pryor out. And that's when he meets Gene. Fair enough. I thought she was the police photographer when they're first going to jail. Like, men's real, all that bit. (laughs) Oh, you know what? She also is that. (laughs) She she has two parts in it. She has two people in it. So that's weird. Like Cheech Marin in Dawn Till Dusk. Yeah. Yeah. And she was on a on a thing called Not Necessarily the News. We're about to have resolution, I think, to the first part of the movie, aren't we? Where he finally did he just come in from? He came in from jogging, right? I think so. And he's in another members only jacket. I reckon they should have let this guy, mob guy from the first part of the movie, like come in later. A bit maybe more they could kind of continuity. No, maybe there could have been more of a standoff between like all the rapists are about to kill Clint or something, and then this guy comes in like a three way standoff, and he's like, "No, I'm going to kill Clint," and they have it out. You know what I mean? Maybe if they could have oh, that prob- been interesting. involved the mob at the end, wanting to kill Harry. And the other guy's like, no, no, we're killing Harry. Or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm killing Harry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like a, a throwaway part just to make him like the dog. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's a bit, um, makes you think of The Shining, doesn't it? Who are these guys? Ugh. They could have made more of this character too. Bennett is his name. 
They could have given him more grease in his hair. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, they couldn't. I'll take that back. Yeah. Well, he is like the only one of Clint's law enforcement partners who doesn't get killed. That's right. In the novel, it said um, Clint uh, Harry thought he had the makings of being a good cop. Gargoyles, yes. Oh, that's a Lancia, I think. I actually think she should have just shot him, not in the head, just shot him the first time and left him to die. That's what I would have done. Seems more sadistic, but yeah. I'm sure he was supposed to say, who the fuck are you that I should be calling you, but... He sort of plays it as like a southern Like you can imagine That pepper guy from um, James Bond Or like a southern Texan type guy Get the hell out of here Yeah bring your big city nonsense Into my small town Well they really do brush over the fact that he He gunned somebody down in the hotel He says well what happened to the hotel's room now, what do you think? Eh, okay, <laughs> on to the next thing. Well, you shot somebody with a forty-four Magnum in a hotel hallway. Let's flesh <laughs> that one out a little bit. Yeah. What if he had to pay for the cleaning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it that would be a mess. Yeah. Now, recast Arama, guys. Would you recast this guy as with um maybe Dennis O'Leary? Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, he has. He definitely has that look. So, is there anything in the novelization about this guy and what the backstory is here? Did he like quit hanging out with them because of this incident, or because of something else, or is he just getting out of the criminal lifestyle and then hardware? I mean, what what's the story on this guy? <laughs> There's one paragraph devoted to that when it comes up on this scene. Uh, Tyrone's his name. He Yeah, he just wants to leave a respectable new life. Oh. Yeah, just a, a quick paragraph about it. It turned him into being a good guy, apparently. But obviously not good enough to hand himself in. Um, yeah. In the movie, like Jen, overboard. In the movie Jenna, Jen, Jenny feigns being a customer here and hangs out in the toilet until closing time. Um, and she she comes out when the lights are off, and she sh- she goes to shoot a guy, and she stops because it's not him. She accidentally almost shot someone else. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the movie. I don't think who I'd see. recast him, or who I would recast her as. Ooh. Oh, lighting up a cigarette in a store. I remember that. That never yeah. happened in our okay. lifetime, Dave, so- did it? I remember being able to smoke in shop. I remember being able to smoke in like uh, Crown Casino and stuff. But I don't think we've ever. Yeah, it was that. sort of. No, I think um, restaurants and bars, but in about the early 2000s. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I worked in a hardware store in the mid late mid to late 80s, and we had ashtrays around the store. Really? Yeah, my, someone my dad worked with in, did have in his office an ashtray in like the early 90s, but that would have been the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, boobs. Yeah. It's so weird. When I look at old movies and they smoke, it just it just weirds me out. I don't know. It's just so strange. Why it's do we still shocking. get we still get signs in it is. we still get signs in lifts or elevators if you like saying no smoking? It's like did people ever smoke in lifts though? Even like, you know, just for ten seconds you couldn't even in mad men times you couldn't refrain from smoking in an elevator? I guess if you start smoking before you get in, that kind of thing. But yeah. But yeah, I don't know, they're pretty much redundant, aren't they? The no smoking things. Most of them. You do see people smoking at tram stops and stuff. That's the only one where it kind of pushes it. So, yeah. Thank you for talking about smoking over this uncomfortable scene. (laughs) I was going to say, this is a very uncomfortable, horrible scene. Well, I was going to talk about smoking, but you guys brought it back. But anyway, go on, go on. Well, I'm a little... If I was the editor, I I would have been very tempted to cut this scene. At least to trim it. Because it just... But then we'd have no boobs, and that sucks. Well, you know, you don't have to trim everything. (laughs) Let's not go overboard. (laughs) All right, all right. It just, like, you already hate this guy enough. You don't need anything else, you know. um, And he's he's introduced too late into the movie as well, really. Yes, he is. For your main protagonist. Well, you already know he's a rapist. And here we are in a car garage. A cop garage, you think? I think so. Are they cop bikes? Yeah, cop bikes. And there's Popwell. <laughs> yeah, pull- <laughs> what a name, Horace. Horace. You don't hear anybody named Horace anymore. You certainly don't. I love that they immediately insult each other. That's that's a true friendship right there. Yeah. yeah. It kind of is, isn't it? Because you know you can get away with it. Yeah. You, you you wouldn't call somebody who you just met ugly. Yeah. Hey, well, ugly. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you ugly ass. It's something I'd say to my brother, but not to other people. Yeah. Or your boss. Yeah. What's up, dipshit? Yeah. <laughs> Kruger. Well, depends on the boss. Yeah. Depends if you want to work there for the end of the day or not. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Dave, have we ever had convenience uh, like vending machines that have fruit in them like that? Apples? Uh, I think maybe at um, um, uh, hospitals and stuff, maybe. Singular apples and fruit. It looks like a Japanese type thing. What kind of manner of magic is this? <laughs> yeah. I really but, don't think that w- they would have that in a police station. I think no. there would be junk food. Donuts. It'd be donuts. Oh, I actually found out why police and donuts go together. Apparently donut shops were open late, and that's why the police would go in them. So that's where it started. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, Harry, it's. I don't think it's. It, I agree with these people. I don't think you should be in there harassing them when their uh, their husband slash brother in law has been killed. Yeah, I remember thinking the same thing. That I sort of felt sympathetic. 
Now, this wife is Nancy Parsons. She's in Steel Magnolias. And famously, I think she is in Porky's. Oh. You know the, oh, you know the grabbing yeah. scene? Is she either the one that grabs... Mrs. Grabs, ball breaker? Yeah, the ball <laughs> grabber. Yeah. Does she actually grab the Johnson or is she... Porky's. Yeah. Porky's is... I mean, I've heard of it. I know it's infamous, but, you know. It's infamous. It is definitely infamous. Well, the first uh, Revenge of the Nerds has got a scene that you certainly couldn't make today. If you've seen that recently, you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the rape scene. Yeah, rape. It's it's sort of rape by deception, isn't it? Yes, it's absolutely. Pretty, you watch it now, it's just like, what? Jocks think about sport while nerds think about sex all day. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Jesus. Yeah, some of those 80s movies, you'll kind of come across a scene where you're like, yikes, I forgot about that one. Yeah, John, do you remember the uh, Australian classic The Wog Boy that came out in 2000? Yep. He yeah, just happened... um, I just saw that for the first time, and he's got he's got cameras in the toilets or something, and yeah. like they jokingly refer to him as a pervert. It's like, oh, was that okay back in two thousand? Well, speak. Yeah, of... and now you're kind of like you're a sexual predator. <laughs> I know. Like you would get me too, and they just make it as a joke. It's so weird. And that was a movie that came out when I was in year twelve. Just like what the. He just happened to notice this girl he'd met earlier in the afternoon. She had her head turned when he walked by the restaurant, and he happened to to notice what a, what a keen attention to detail he has. So that's stalking her. Hmm. It's not as if she was sitting near the entrance. She was sitting far into maybe this. Maybe he used restaurant. a dog to. Maybe Meathead was sniffing her out. About that. <laughs> ah, could be. Da, 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 da. Well, and one one problem I have with this is he walked right by a mime and didn't shoot him. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I missed that joke. There was a mime and she didn't shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Harry walks right by the mime and didn't even shoot him. So, oh, you studied fine arts, did you? Yeah, like click the button. You're trapped in an invisible cage. <laughs> Bozos with seats the size of their ass. <laughs> How do you train to be a mime? I've never looked into it or even thought about it, but now. now, now. Uh, I think you pretty much have to be on the opposite end of Clint in a scene, and um, while he's famously not acting and failing to emote, you just go. Exactly. Is that what goes on at Clown College? I'm learning a lot today. I'll give you that much. She looks like she's got clown makeup on. In the she novel, does. in the novel, Jenny says, um, "Callahan looked like the stubborn type, a good cop, one who saw, one who did not turn away. Yet even so, he could never understand what she had been through." Ooh, but they have an That's a lot. instant rapport, both in the novelization and here. The vic- oh, that looks like a crowd lager. What the heck? That it does. <laughs> it's a Michelob. Michelob? It's a what? Yeah, Michelob used to come in those bottles. Right. It looks like, yeah, a beer we have in, in Australia called Crown Lager, which is supposed to be the premium type. It's like our Bud Premium, so to speak, our crappy brand of beer. Yeah. See, y'all, y'all just blew my mind. I thought, the, I thought all y'all drank was Foster's. 
No one drinks that shit here. <laughs> Serious. And yet, oddly, they sell it in the in the grocery store by my house. Well, yeah, yet, but no one here drinks it. We drink all stuff. We drink like Coopers and stuff made by CUB, which owns, which is freaking huge. Yeah. And yet, oddly, it's for sale yeah. everywhere though. So yeah, it's sale overseas, and foreigners always talk no, about Boston. But, but it's still in every one of our bottle shops, but no one buys it. I think it's one of their profit. It doesn't make a profit here, but they still feel obliged to, to offer it on sale in most bottle shops. Isn't that weird? Well, you know why everybody everybody thinks y'all drink it, right? Well, that's it. P. Hogan? I'm going to have a look next time. I'm Croc- down yeah, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Paul Hogan. Well, I don't drink it. I don't know anybody that does. Or like, oh. Every once in a while, like college guys here will drink it just to be novel, I guess. I thought oh, that was okay. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah, that was the old yeah. hipster beer, isn't it? That is. And that used to be the cheap-ass beer that we buy on Friday nights when we hardly had any money. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's... I, I guess it'd be like me and John drinking uh, Vic Bitter or something, but, you know. But well, LD beer. is expensive in Australia. What's that? LD beer. Any sort of LD beer. I drink LD beer. I don't do it ironically. I might yeah. be a booze hound, but I'm not a dickhead, so... <laughs> now, Walt. Walt, Walt what, about the, what about the brand Olympia? That beer appears in a lot of Eastwood movies, just not this one. Olympia. Have you ever heard of that beer? Yeah, it's it's in any of his cowboy kind of movies. Or his, uh, you know, like, um, uh, shoot, the, the monkey movies. He's get, he, he always drinks it. I've had movies. it a couple of times, but, yeah, uh, Every Which Way But Loose and um, uh, Any Which Way You Can. He drinks a ton of Olympia in that. I've never um, heard of this beer. It's kind of a cheap, watered-down beer made in Washington State. Okay. And I, I think it was more of a regional beer for a long time, and I think Clint Eastwood kind of made it famous. And you could get it here in any gas station for a while, but, it, and again, it's kind of like um, Old Milwaukee's Best or um, any of those just really cheap beers that are, like, cheaper than Budweiser. Milwaukee's okay. Best. You know how you know how a lot of cops say like America's finest or Cincinnati's finest or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. don't you just think of fast food restaurants when you hear that like <laughs> New York's finest cheese like police officers so. <laughs> yeah so I so y'all don't say that there that's not like no you know, Brisbane's best or whatever no I don't think so nothing's written on our side of our cop cars except the our nine one hundred our nine one one number which is triple zero. Yeah. Oh. That would be easier to remember. Or the old school one, Dave. What is it? Double one, triple four, brings a copper to your door. (laughs) What the F are you talking about? Double one, triple four, brings a copper to your door. I don't remember that. It's always been triple zero for all emergency services, isn't it? Yeah, but you have the individual ones if you care to know them. Look at this cinematography, Walt. Look at those black. It's like, yeah, it's so good. It is very dark. It's no crappy grays or 80s um, haziness. It's really good. Hang on. So So, is this guy supposed to be, I mean, obviously they're trying to make him the guy who tried to get out of all this stuff and he's conflicted and and all that. Um, Oh, he's not. Why didn't... 
they really didn't make as much of that as I think they could have. Is he conflicted or is he just trying to get out of it? And he's just, is he like, or is he genuinely remorseful? You know what I mean? That's a good question. And you're right. They could have, they could have like made that more explicit either way or more ambiguous and interesting. Does she shoot yeah, is... the symbolism about her going into the dark when she walked in? Did she actually shoot him in the dick? Out of reach? I can't tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell because he kind of turned away. She definitely got that headshot, though. Now, I think that guy actually wrote or was one of the writers or involved with Firefox, the previous movie. I don't think he's an actor. Oh, Mozilla. No, Firefox. (laughs) Yeah, it's a browser. (laughs) It is a browser. And the browser is more famous than the movie. Yeah. I liked Firefox, though. So did I. Did they get rid of it? No, he means the movie, Dave. <laughs> Firefox. Oh, well, I like Firefox too. I, I like the browser, but um, yeah, the movie was good. It didn't get the recognition it deserved. Uh, has he got like one of those jackets for each day of the week? I was about to say he had. Is it, how many jackets did he bring on vacation? Look what's yeah. missing, Dave. Look what's missing behind what? Pat Hingle. The the photo. Gone. Oh. Yep. Don't you love that he walks in the office and his commissioner's already on the phone with this surly chief of police? (laughs) No, I don't understand. You son of a bitch. <laughs> He's just lucky it's the days before cell phones, or else they'd call him right back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John, I did watch The Mule. I think you told me about that movie, the Eastwood one. Yes. It was pretty good. I dug it. Oh, wow. One of very few people. Yeah. That's cool. I liked it too, for what it was. Yeah. Him trying to My dad out- was just telling me how good that movie was. I wouldn't call it that good, but it's pretty good. It's funny him trying to figure out how to work a smartphone. So. Uh, another movie like this with the unfortunate use of the word dyke. Remember where he sees the women, the the, the bikers? He goes, hi, dyke. He go, they go, we're, bike, we're dykes on bikes. And he goes, bye, dykes. <laughs> oh, he's just a harmless old man <laughs> with gosh. his prejudices. Oh, we have cause beer here. Cause beer. Oh. Oh, yeah. At the time, Coors was only sold in the western half of the United States. Oh, really? Now or then? Uh, then. Okay. Yeah, now you, now you can get it anywhere. But then you could, could not get it anywhere east of the Mississippi. Thus, the whole uh, premise of Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. You yeah, haven't seen Smokey of- and the Bandit? No, I've only seen the Superior Apes films. <laughs> Mining the similar oh exploitation gosh. movies, yeah. <laughs> you have to see Smoking in the Bandit. Hang on, um, is the cause, is that saying they're low, they're low class or something? Or they're just drinking beer? Uh, eh, Coors is not... Eh, eh, Coors is just beer. I mean, okay. it's... it's um, Not necessarily cheap, not, it's definitely not expensive. 
Okay. It's just remember, it's in the middle. Remember in Harvey Milk, yeah. the gay community in San Fran with milk, they'd do a boycott of Coors beer until they come on. Because, you know, cause Yeah, I forget how it figures in the movie, but um, they come on side to the gay movement. So that can't be too uh, what, what? reactionary. I forget how it plays out. Do you remember, Walt? Like, they the gays boycott cause beer until they give them sponsorship or something like that? God, I... Some, wow. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Um, I... I remember something about that. I'd forgotten that they they uh, protested Coors. I knew they protested something, but I forgot that it was Coors. Now you might not know Walt, but um, before before they were eating Oreos, right? Right. Oreos is something that maybe in our lifetime, Dave. They maybe in our late teens they finally came to Australia, but of course we all yeah, knew like ninety seven. We only knew yeah. them from movies, like oh man, Dr Pepper or. I always remember as a kid, really like, you know, 10 or 11 watching like, oh, what's this Domino's thing? It looks so cool in the Goonies. It's like, and to us it was, well, to me anyway, it was sort of exotic, like a forbidden fruit. Like, oh, and then when we got it, we're like, oh, it's, yeah. it's just ordinary confectionery or ordinary crap, you know? But in our minds, it was so... Yeah, when it had Oreos, like, oh, they're just the same as the Arnott's biscuits. Yeah. Like, I don't get what the big deal They're just is. the same as our generic, yeah. um, generic products here, but because in movies... It, the same with Dr. Pepper. I remember when Dr. Pepper came here, I was like, wow. And then it, yeah. Didn't. It's funny because we've got Dr. Pepper in our vending machine at work and we don't know why. <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure if you could still get it here. I haven't had it in years. I can't, I, my daughter drinks it. I can't think of the last time I had one. Me neither. I might have it again. It's kind of weird medicine taste, but you don't. I don't yeah. think they still make it here or like import it regularly. I thought it was like a novelty thing. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, I can I can tell you exactly when I had an Oreo last. It was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> don't listen to Walt, Dave. Don't listen to Walt because he's from Atlanta, Georgia. So he's he's in the pockets of Big Coke or is it Big Pepsi? I forget. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, I will not drink Pepsi. It's Coke products only here. <laughs> well, apparently when the White House changes, it goes, I think Democrats have Pepsi. Oh, there's a doco about that. Yeah. That Was that? There's a documentary oh, really? about that, isn't there? Yeah, I've heard that too, which is weird because Jimmy Carter was a Democrat and he's from Georgia. So he, he should have been a Coke guy. Hang on, aren't nearly all presidents from the South anyway for some reason? Uh, Trump was from New York. Yeah, Trump was from New York and Iraq was. Reagan was from California. Well, Reagan was from the Midwest originally. Um, well, they tend to be. I remember hearing that. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, there are there are a lot of Southern presidents. Clinton, um, obviously. Jimmy Carter. The Bushes. Uh, the Bushes, yeah, from Texas. Um, Guys, you, we're just about to see another rape se- attempted rape scene. Yeah, this is a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Woman on man. She this this girl's a handful, man. She's <laughs> kind of got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Clint would return to this theme in The Rookie, where he's tied up and and supposedly Sonia Braga rapes him while he's tied in a chair. Hmm. <laughs> uh, is that is that the one with Charlie Sheen? You've got it. Yep. Hey, I've seen bits of it on TV. I haven't seen it. Is it good? It's okay. It's maybe better than the Deadpool. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, that's a that's a low bar. Low bar, low bar to trip over. Yeah. Jennifer's just parked very conveniently outside uh, the house. Not a very wise thing to do if you're going to commit a crime. Nope. Nope. But then she's not a career criminal. She's a criminal of passion, of revenge. Uh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and you know, just like every guy, when a woman tries to have sex with him, he beats the crap out of her <laughs> for revenge. <laughs> a strange man like Harry, uniform, ununiformed, turns up in your house. I'd go for my gun too. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, although, I guess Ray knows him, but all she knows is just a guy from a bar that kicked her in the ass. I love how she's. Hang on, who's she cheering on? Oh, I thought she was cheering on Harry for a second. I know because he's beating the crap out of uh, out of this guy, and she's thought, <laughs> let him have it. I thought she was on. It's a bit, a bit confusing. Oh, Clint! <laughs> Turns out Clint just gave her face her first period. If you remember that line from the bar. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so this actor, Paul Drake, he was in um, Beverly Hills Cop and uh, Midnight Cabaret, Hardcastle and McCormick, and that's it. He was hardly in anything else. He's only in like 20 things. Speaking Very short career as a Hollywood criminal. Speaking of Beverly Hills Cop 2, in the second one, that also involves an auto mag from memory? Ah, I think it does. Yeah. yeah, I think it does. Bit of sloppy focus pulling there on their faces, see? Out of focus. Makes me think of barge ass, John. They joke about that, going out of focus and back to the camera. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> but no one knows what we're talking hiding. about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can't oh. understand podcasting. This is the part of the movie where we're starting to get little scenes, like little scenes here and there. This happens, then this happens. Obviously not. Yeah. Not, yeah. And it starts to lose its focus a bit. We're at the an hour and a half mark, and um, we should be looking at a resolution already, but we've got another half hour to go. You know, one thing I, I don't get about this scene, and it's kind of the, the one thing that always sticks with me when I watch this, that lady was a real, real bad person. And... She arguably was the chief criminal in this because she set them up and brought them in and covered for these guys and did all that. And she has kind of a inauspicious death. Her death is exactly like the other people where you'd really expect her to go all in uh, on killing her. Yeah, this was talking about before where the bad guys in the movies used to get the cool deaths. Like, you know, John Malkovich yeah. and... Well, this guy, or something. this guy's going to get a good death. Yeah, he he's earned it. Do you think they've thought about that at all? That Jennifer actually shoots her in the in the boobs, rather than the dick. I wonder if there was any thought to that. At I, all. I think they had to think. Uh, yeah, I think that had to be part of their thinking. Uh, drinking bud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> obviously. 
I just can't help think of that Simpsons joke about the frogs in the pond going Budweiser, <laughs> Budweiser. Horse. Yeah, I was thinking of that before. Yeah. Do y'all have Budweiser there? Only on yeah. export sometimes. Yeah. Not regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you can get it at Dan Murphy's and stuff. Really? I've had it. I don't mind it. It's just kind of regular beer to me. It's not great. No, it's not terrible, but. You could get probably better stuff for approximately the same price. Yeah. If you're going fishing, it's probably okay. It's okay. not a re- regular drinker. I love how it mentions rice. Like it says made from the finest hops, barley's, blah, 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 and rice. It's a bit surprised right. by that. The, yeah. the cheapest garbage product you could put in a beer. <laughs> We're all about that. Hey, don't knock rice. It has its place. I should make hipster beer from couscous. And <laughs> yeah, there you go. Make a lot of money. Did you like her delivery? You want to be alone tonight, Callahan? Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah. I'll get some brandy. Hmm. How many people have ever been offered brandy in a situation like this? <laughs> How odd. many people have been offered brandy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, yeah, apricot brandy. That's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. You think maybe they're getting some money under the table from the Brandy Makers Association? <laughs> <laughs> let's really bring brandy back here. Yeah, let's bring it back. If you're feeling... You not brandy that's anymore. Some... You just use it for um, Christmas puddings, I think. It rhymes with randy, so... Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. It's a double entendre. <laughs> are you... Are you, tr- are you oh, Okay. I love that little. Don't did you see that that mouth movement he does? He flicks. He sort of. Uh, I can't describe it. He sort of goes. Yeah. Winks. He winks with his lips. <laughs> winks with his lips. Huh? Okay. So oh. can I talk about the symbolism of things? What do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one was like she was going into the dark when she shot the guy. I don't think that's unintentional. But also the other thing about when she shot the the camera, so she can't face herself. All right. But. Very yeah, obvious, and I missed that. That's very good. Yep. <laughs> Better I get the obvious ones than that at all. I didn't know Harry believed in the walk of shame. Oh, God. Yeah, the stride of pride, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he kind of knows she's a little nuts. Yeah, not play Misty for me, he's, um yeah, kind of. Doesn't even make a breakfast. Not a gentleman at all. That's it. He left her a granola bar. Ah, that's all right. Left her a hot dog or something, so to speak. Oh. The realization. Although plausible deniability, he only knows that he saw her at that location. He did the bad stuff and then left, so he doesn't know yet what transpired at Ray's house yet. <laughs> did the bad stuff with her. Woohee! <laughs> <laughs> I love that fog. Terrible, terrible. Up well. Harry's partner or just friend? We don't really know. But it's just his friend. Yeah, friend from the force. Yeah. Wake up, sucker. Got the big 70s lapel happening on his shirt. I think there's about to be a racial yeah. epithet something epithet was the word epithet yeah soon? a couple of them yeah yeah this guy is such a good actor he is just so smooth and yeah you know like he 
he kind of takes over the scene without stepping on everybody else. Now we'll talk about this later, but these these um, fishermen, the brother-in-law of Kruger who was shot in the beach, <laughs> they weren't involved in the original rape at all, from memory. Why would they now yeah, suddenly so. become willing murderers and and so forth? I do. I cannot figure that out. Bad eggs. Well, and, and you know they they try to run away. You know they try to kind of ditch the. You know, the other guy, but it doesn't really work out. Now he's putting it all together because he says the pieces of the mirror are gone. What's her face has been murdered. And and two, you know, here's the other thing. So you bring in those other two characters out of nowhere, which have not been in the movie the rest of the time, and you killed this lady off with hardly any fanfare at all. Exactly. Why not yeah. bring her into that final showdown and let her be a part of that and kill her in a dramatic way? Yeah, that's what John was talking about before. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It's that's one of the just frustrating parts of this. Look, it's just this happens, this happens, that happens, little small scenes. So do you think they kind of realized that from a time standpoint, they were going to have to rush to the end, and so it became a lot, of, a lot more quick cuts. And um, I mean, yeah, there's a, there, kind, there's even a lot going on here. It it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? Because it just yeah, like the last thirty minutes are pretty rushed, which is kind of good in a sense to get lots of action, I suppose. But you know. now this is. Um, Reminiscent, of course, of Harry being beaten up by Scorpio at the cross. Obviously, nowhere near as good, but he's really getting the tar beaten out of him. Um, you mean Scorpio being beaten up by Harry? No, Scorpio beating up Harry at the cross. At Yeah, you know what I mean, Walt? Yep, I know what you're talking about. Up against the cement. And, of course, you can also think of High Plains Drifter where the, the sheriff's being beaten up. And um, even the Spaghetti Westerns, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of... The first movie in particular where he's beaten up. Well, you got to hand it to Clint. He does a good fight scene. Yeah. Bye bye, gun. And they gun. take his. Yeah, they take his gun. Oh, don't worry. It's just a. Sh- it's not even an auto mag. It's just a shitty magnum. <laughs> yeah, it's just his revolver. Oh, the water, yeah, that's right. That dude is so creepy looking, the main one. He is. He's he's perfect for it. He needs the shower. The last thing he ever did was 1993. It's hard to believe he's still around and hadn't really done anything since then. Probably would. Give it up his Screen Actors Guild card or retired, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even list his um his talent agent, so he probably did just retire and go do something else. Yeah. Run to diner. Yeah. That is very, very dark. But a gun always cuts through the darkness, isn't it, Silhouette? 
Um, so we have the mirror image of his her sister, sort of catatonic. Oh yeah. Now, you know the bad guy with the mustache, Mick? Mick? Who you just recently hate? Yeah, Yeah. Some people have thought, maybe he is actually the disowned son of the sheriff here. And maybe maybe the brother of the catatonic, the brother of this catatonic um, person. It's a bit of a fan theory thing. Yeah. So that would explain why Pat Hingle definitely didn't... uh, he definitely did a cover-up to protect both his sons. And it's just a theory. A lot of out-of-focus shots here. Once again, Pat Hingle and Clint uh, were in Hang 'em High together, where, similar to this, Clint plays like a tough deputy... And uh, Pat Hingle is, you know, the sheriff who just has is a bit disdainful of what he does to uh, round up the criminals. Thinks he's a bit gung ho. I think. A bit rough around the edges. Yeah. Although it's been a long time since I've seen Hang 'Em High. It's a great movie, though. I remember it being okay. Oh, nose hair. Look at Pat Hingle's nose hair. <laughs> do they get credit? Yeah. Do you think Do you think Jennifer's on her way to being convinced by the sheriff here to let it end? We're about to see something happen that'll interrupt that, but... Um, no, I don't think so. Would she shoot him in no, the dick? I, I agree with you. I, I think she is dead set on... On finishing this, but would she shoot the son and then hand the gun over and surrender to the sheriff? If we, oh, before bad guy came, or would she shoot sheriff in the dick too? For... Good question. I, I, I think she'd be willing to shoot him to be able to finish that guy off. The um, Mick Nick ringleader, you know, the real bad guy. Look at his shoulder. See the out of focus there? Or see how it's vaseline Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can forgive them when you're shooting on the quick like Clint is and in very dark. <laughs> oh, Clint survived. Clint's from the hip. Oh. Oh, wow. Good for him. <laughs> yes. Under the boardwalk. Under the boardwalk. <laughs> Oh, oh, there's Bette Midler and um, whoever's in Beaches. <laughs> Who's in Beaches? <laughs> <laughs> Who's opposite her? I forget. I haven't seen it. Has anyone uh, seen it? I saw it on an airplane on the way to the Philippines one time. <laughs> and uh, I regret every minute. I get the yeah. feeling it's sort of like, it was sort of like the notebook before the notebook, but even though it's about two women yeah. in a non-sexual yeah. way. Does one of them get cancer or something? Yeah, and dies. Okay. I can't remember who the one who dies is. 
I just remember I was happy when it was over. <laughs> Wish they all died of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me, just end this. I wish everyone involved in this movie gets cancer. (laughs) Pat Hingle just got bullet cancer. (laughs) Bullet cancer. Or lead poisoning, if you will. Yeah, yeah, lead poisoning, yeah. Dr. John over here. That He really looks like a bad guy. He has a great bad guy look. There's something about his teeth, like his whole face is just kind of... Yeah, it's like he belongs in prison. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well. Very fake injuries there. Looks very cinematic uh, cuts. Oh, yuck. But from memory, look, he's going... He's going to be... He's more perturbed at what they've done to his dog than his, his... his friend, I think. <sighs> it made me, yeah, made me think of John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Was that the movie where he said, "You don't understand"? He killed my dog. Yeah, he killed my dog. Yeah. Hey, I'd be pissed too. I like my dog. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. What sort of dog do you have? Actually, I've got two. We've got one mutt, and um, and we've got one kind of coon hound. Big loud dog that we just got. Okay. We adopted both of them from the pound. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Exactly. The Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. <laughs> oh. He really is a bad guy, isn't he? Yeah. He is an evil, <laughs> evil guy. They're really making sure that no matter what they do to him, you're not going to feel any sympathy for him. Oh. Ooh. Impudes his manhood. Yeah, she knows exactly where to hit him. Yeah. So she, uh... That's some graphic rebellion there. Good job. <laughs> You know, in all the years that I've been alive, any of my friends who've gotten kicked in the nuts, I've never gone to check on them. I've only laughed at them. (laughs) Yeah. Even in this heightened situation? (laughs) Well, I've never been in this particular situation, but I would still laugh at them. It's like... You know, you know he's not really hurt. It's like, I just got kicked in the nuts. So... (laughs) And is there ever a time you've gotten kicked in the nuts and not deserved it? Good point. Oh, C word. Yeah, the C word makes an appearance. I think Sex in the the City was the first TV show to drop it. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, before The Sopranos. I think they first wanted to drop the C bomb on TV. There's a slow motion getting hit in the face with a a limb. And of course, they immediately come check on him again. (laughs) Yeah. See, and this is this is kind of the what I would think that woman would deserve. The yeah, yeah, know, a good kick, a hit in the face. I think she deserves it more than this guy. Oh, do you guys yeah, like this? Like a... Look, look, Sandra locks 
the door. Sondra locks locks the Ooh, door. Wow. Had to do it. He's got kids now, so he can do the dad jokes, yeah. <laughs> that was almost foreshadowing. That's right. You're double qualified. Yeah, I was going to say he's got double, yeah. If I do it, it's just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she deserves the, the death because she was like a Svengali pulling strings or something. Yeah. IMDB points out that usually most amusement rides need many workers to operate to like to commence. It's not yep. just turning one button. It's a whole lot of mini generators and switches and things. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, um, the OHS alone would be like, yeah. yeah. It was like Betty Hill, yeah. Now, she was just doing the restoration painting, right? I mean, she wasn't doing like all of the yeah, machinery and everything. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I don't think she's a mechanic. It should be like a hole of mirrors shootout or something. Yeah, I'm just wondering what her plan was beyond starting the the ride. Yeah, you do kind of wonder, do Yeah, start the ride, hide behind a horse. They'll never find me here. Yeah, they'll never, they'll never think to look behind this pony that moves <laughs> up and down. And this ride will be so scary, they'll probably jump off. Yeah. <laughs> is there some symbolism we're missing here, John, or is it just a cool visual effect? I think it is just that. It, yeah, just the cool visual effect. Yeah, what can we say? I mean, it's the scene of the crime, basically, where... Well, no, the boardwalk was where the, the deed was committed in the past. Um, yeah. Childhood innocence that was taken from her sister. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah horses, unicorn, phallic features. Yeah. Well, and showing the unicorn there, there's a little foreshadowing. Once again, the fisherman unexpectedly Ooh. talked into a rape and uh, accessory to a murder of the sheriff. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> From this guy who's lived out, yeah. who's escaped town 10 years ago and lived in casinos, he's come back and he's convinced you to be involved. <laughs> Heck of a night for these guys. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow off screen right now, Dirty Harry is thinking, hmm, I wonder where the Sondra is now. How's he figuring yeah. out where she is? I suppose it's a small town, or he's got he's got meatball to do it, or whatever meat bag, meathead. If I remember, <laughs> meatbag. Meat remember this case? The case never proceeded to court. He doesn't. There's no like. There's no report of whether this rape happened. Um, he but he assumed. Oh, okay. where, how does he know where to find all these guys? Well, if it's not meatbag, how do we know? It's going to be. God, that gun looks good in silhouette, doesn't it? That's a great look. That's a great look. Ooh. Now, at the start of the movie at the gun range, remember he was shooting some steel? And yet I think that doesn't what? that's not needed at all. Like, there's nothing he's about mean, to do. You mean that... at Magnum Park where Popwell popped up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was he shooting steel? I can't remember what. There was a scene where he yeah, shot... Yeah, blew through yeah. two pieces of steel that were laying there. I thought there. he was shooting a target. Okay. He did both. He was, and then he, he fired two rounds into the steel just to show that it would do it. I, I think it was mostly just like, this thing's a cannon, and it will 
blow you to pieces. And so that's what we're, we now know that that's where this is going. Yeah. But yeah, you never, yeah. it's like Chekhov's metal gun, like a, a metal. I mean, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't pierce the gun at all. He doesn't need, he could Chekhov's just. Chekhov's magnum. Yeah. He could have done this with his normal boring old, um, um, revolver. Um, what's the opposite yeah. of automatic? Non-automatic. <laughs> yeah, it's a re- yeah, revolver. revolver. Manual gun. <laughs> now, if he had shot that guy in the head with that gun, it would have been like a watermelon blowing up. I mean, it would have... Yeah. That would have just obliterated that guy. But it's super accurate, so he can take a shot here and... Uh, yeah, even in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good as Scorpio, though. Drop the fucking gun, yeah. creep! Hop our brains out. <laughs> Scorpio is genu- gen- genuinely repulsive. Like he's yeah, like, viscerally gross. So Scorpio is repulsive. What's the adjective for this guy? Odious. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking this guy's a bit repulsive as well, but he's not quite Scorpio. Odious is a good word, but yeah, I don't know. This guy's just a degenerate scumbag. Yeah. It's a shame they couldn't have figured out this to happen at Fisherman's Wharf in San Fran itself. Yeah. Why is that? It's famous. Yeah, it would just be actually, I'd like it if more of this movie was in San Francisco, really. Anyway. Okay. And you could find out if Harry has a favorite chowder place instead of hot dog. <laughs> I want chowder. Chowder. Oh, yeah. You know, he, you know he does, and he's he knows all the people who work there, and they know exactly what he wants when he comes in. <laughs> I don't think he's a guy that would like chowder. He doesn't strike me as a chowder head, but anyway. Now, like the first movie, Did I Fire Six Shots or Only Five, we're about to have a repeat of this movie's catchphrase, but done uh, very underwhelmingly, in my opinion. And going through the scene, it's like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, like, it's is it gibberish or is it supposed to mean something to us? Is there something that was cut out earlier that we should know? And plus, he wasn't shouting it. The criminal hasn't heard any of that. Yeah. Oh. And we have Chekhov's uni- unicorn horn, don't we? Yep. Ah, uh, yep. Mild electrocution, shots. Violated. He does get a. Yep, right through the unicorn horn. <laughs> yeah, so you think. You think. What's her name should have got that death? Yeah, she should have gotten something a lot worse. Maybe even like burning to death or, you know, something. She deserved more than what she got, for sure. Yeah. What is Harry going to do, Dave? Will he accept her private vigilanteism? He, he wasn't prepared to accept public vigilanteism with David Soul and the death brigade in the cops being vigilantes. Why is he going to accept her excuse? Interesting. Of course, he's okay with dispensing his own vigilanteism, or comes pretty close to it, it seems. But in this case, she's the victim. 
those cops were not the victim. Those cops' jobs were to keep law and order and follow the law. She is a victim of these people, and she has gotten no justice. Can I be a very horrible, horrible devil's advocate? But um, we know from flashbacks that what she's saying is true and all the conversations with the hardware store owner and everything about what happened. But he doesn't actually know. I know it's horrible to say that, but he, from what he's, he, he does, he, he just got a word that she, in fact, do we, up until now, do we know she's just revealed, she's just revealed the rape now, hasn't she? Like she's said nothing about it until now. I'm trying to think. I, I, I think. Uh, it's movie logic, I guess. He's assumed to have yeah. known everything. Yeah. Like we know more than he does. Yeah. But do we know what he knows? Well, think of it. There's been the last time he, he saw her, he slept, he slept with her, but that's all. Like maybe she's filled him in in right. the last 20, 20 seconds. Steve Perry from Aerosmith. Steve yeah. Perry. <laughs> so I'm sure they're about to go back to his hotel, right? Uh, <laughs> now, this is Roberta Flack. Roberta Flack is singing a song called This Side of Forever. And it sounds, I know we haven't got the music on now, but it sounds like a real. Yeah sort of cheap James Bond ripoff, <laughs> like a, oh, okay. a torch song. But it's actually the theme, the main theme, I think, um, just done into a song version of Lalo Schifrin's uh, Dirty Harry theme. Mm. I will probably not be buying the soundtrack. No. Nah. Yeah. Drum Machines oh, I might listen go-go. to it on Spotify just for, yeah. Just for kicks? Yeah, just for kicks, yeah. We have Glenn Wright there, costume supervisor, supervision. He did a lot of most of Eastwood's costume, including Dirty Harry in the first movie. Someone with the last name Sony. Good on her. The Sony. Oh, Bob Lawless. Standby painter. Well, all in all, guys, what did, what did you think watching this movie, Walt? Do you think you'll watch it again anytime in the next decade? Oh, I'll definitely watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah, I mean, if, even for all the cheesiness and the problems that I have with it, I it, I still like it. I, it's still a, a great Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry movie. What about you, Dave? No. Never again? <laughs> Probably not, nah. I, could, I mean, I like the first one more. Uh, That's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah, it is a no-brainer. How many are there? You said there's four. Five. Five, okay, so I've seen three. I've seen the Deadpool. So what's the other two? Magnum Force and the Enforcer, which predated uh, this one, the Enforcer. Enforcer. Okay, yeah. Right. Deadpool was the last one, correct? Yes. Did it, did it tank the franchise or they just retired it? Yeah, it didn't make any profit and, um, yeah, Harry was getting too old. Mm. You talk about a bad story. <laughs> Many thanks for joining us, guys. The movie, the movie's about to finish. Um, oh, this side, of... this side of forever. There you go. Well, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Walt, people can catch you on the Wilder Ride podcast. Yes, they can. And Dave, where can people find you? Uh, don't worry at the moment, actually, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll come back to this podcast if there is the opportunity. Who knows? And we're just about to see the last credits. Oh, no, it could probably end with distributed by Warner Brothers, isn't it? Distributed, yep. 
It's very cheap. It's a still frame. Look, they didn't... <laughs> anyway, you guys ready to go? Everyone yep. say goodbye now. Good. Bye. Bye. Bye.